You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, we are here live in Fort Willis. Actually, this is not live. This is a recorded episode. But we are now moving on to our next positional episode, and then we are talking DBs today. So I got my guy, Coach Brad Fields, in here with me at Fort Willis. Um, you know, before we get our guests on, just kind of a little background, you know, kind of where we're at here. Coach Fields has got his head coach coming on tonight. Coach Russell's there. Um, again, he's the head coach of Cane Bay, I guess, for what, 12 years now? Yep, 12 years. 12 years, but he's also uh, – he's coached DBs for that same amount of time probably. He's, yep. he's, he's a saving type. He, he's going to be hands-on with those guys. So, um, excited to get him on here, you know, talk a little bit about defensive backs. And then our other special guest is head coach from Saluda, uh, Stuart Young. Uh, Stuart went to my alma mater. Union High School was a really good player there. Went on to college and played, and, and I think he's been at Saluda pretty much his whole career coaching-wise. But, you know, he's made his way up from an assistant to a coordinator, and, and he's been the head coach, and they, they won a state championship there a couple years ago. That was a pretty special deal there. But excited to get these guys on here. Coach Fields, what you got to add before we get these guys on? Uh, just excited for these guys, two head coaches, uh, big-time head coaches, and – these two guys do it the right way. Um, I work around one all the time. Um, I don't know Coach Young personally. Excited to meet him tonight. But just from what I heard and from being around Coach there long enough, these guys do it the right way. Um, guys that when they talk, you you listen. You know what I mean? You don't interject. You just listen to them. And I hope you guys can gain something today about defensive backs. Yeah. Um, again, so this is the opening kick. Obviously, we kind of – Take the opening kick just to give you guys a little bit about what we you know we're, we're brought to walk into. Um, I think Coach Young is also going to be speaking at the clinic here in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm sure that Coach Zara will probably be, you know, there checking out some stuff and, and things like that. But excited about having these guys on here. So uh, that's everything for us. We're going to talk DBs tonight, and uh, let's get started. All right, so we are here uh, again. This is our. DB positional episode here in the YCA podcast. We've got some special guests with us tonight. We are in Fort Willis. Uh, Coach Fields, we made it back. We have an intruder in, in, in Fort Willis over Not here. Not an intruder. <laughs> no, I'm just Golly, we, we gave him one day clearance. One day clearance. Yeah, we did get one day clearance there. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're back at Fort Willis here. I got Coach Fields with me. We have a special guest in-house with us at Fort Willis, and then we've got one that's joining us remotely as well. So, um, kind of introducing those guys. Uh, Stuart, got uh, Coach Stuart Young. He's the head coach at Saluda High School. Um, you know, I, he'll kind of give his background here in a little bit. Coach Coach Young, what's going on, man? Hey, man, what's going on with you? Nothing much. Just glad to have you here tonight, man. I'm excited. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man, and I'm going to let Coach Fields kind of introduce our next guest that's in-house in, in with us. All right, so you, you low country guys just take notice. We actually had a guy come in person for That's this. Right. So 
we've had a guy on his honeymoon. We've had a guy delivering a damn kid. And now we got somebody in person the next week. So we got Coach Russell's there here, my boss, so everybody can stop Ooh. talking crap about him real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we got him here in person in Fort Willis. Coach, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm good, but it's good to be in the fort. Absolutely. That's right. We did, we, like I said, we granted Coach Zare, you know, one day uh, clearance to the Fort Willis, uh, you know, but that's only one day. We got to kick him out after that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're always welcome here, Coach. I'm glad to have you guys. So uh, we already did the opening kick. This is the first drive. So what we're going to do here, guys, is we're going to let you guys kind of introduce yourself. Well, we already introduced you, but give a little bit about your background, uh, coaching-wise, where you've been, where you're at now. Coach Young, we'll go ahead and let you start that out. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, I'm from Union, South Carolina. That's right. Union High School. Uh, there were some other players that I know that are coaches uh, from Union. Uh, in fact, I'm talking to one right now. Um, That's right. But uh, went to Union High. Was fortunate enough to win a couple championships under Coach Anthony. Played with some really good players, uh, namely Roscoe Crosby, as most people know from Union. Um, then I went to Presbyterian for four years, <clears throat> played under Coach Tommy Spangler, who was also my defense back coach there. And then I went to Saluda as a student teacher in 2005 and got on the varsity staff that year. And I was uh, promoted to coordinator, uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe 2009, 2010. And then in 2013, Coach Painter retired. And I was fortunate enough to get the job as the head coach starting in 2014. So I've been at Saluda my entire career. I've uh, been the head coach now for nine years. And we were, uh, we've kind of built it up a little bit to where we kind of were fortunate enough to win a state championship a couple of years ago. And um, so I'm still here, still enjoying myself. It's a lot of fun here in little old Saluda, South Carolina. That's right, Coach. And, uh, yeah, definitely that was – what year was that you guys won the state championship? 2019 was the year we won the state championship. 2019. I was keeping up with you guys. Definitely pulling for uh, – you guys played at Abbeville, correct? Was that in the state championship? No, 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 no. We, we, we've played Abbeville uh, for the upper state championship in five out of the last eight years. Gotcha. All of them have been at Abbeville. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we only won one. And that was <laughs> the year we won the state championship. So – but not many people beat those guys. They they do a really good job. They're they're pretty tough. That's right, and that, that's a that's a cool place to go. Uh, you know, watch a football game. I'm sure, and to coach and play in the football game as well too. So, yeah. But again, um, got got one of my union boys on here. Uh, I, I actually grew up watching uh, Coach Young Stewart. To me, obviously played mm -hmm. play ball back in the day, and I. You know, when those guys came around with their jerseys on and stuff, I always wanted to be a yellow jacket because of, of guys like this guy. So, glad to have you on. Um, Coach Zare, your turn. We'll go ahead and let you give everybody a little bit about your background. Well, I like his background a lot better than mine. <laughs> uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, I was a, a really average football player on a really bad team. Uh, I grew up in Pendleton, uh, and Pendleton's been really good, but just so happened the years I came through, we wasn't. Um, I think we were <laughs> – Two and eight my junior year and one and nine my senior year. and, and uh, But uh, I wasn't much of a football player anyway. I was a basketball guy. So, you know, I, I really didn't intend in getting into football. Actually, I didn't really intend to getting into coaching. Uh, I was going to be an engineer, and then I took calculus and changed my mind. Uh, so I was up in the gym one day shooting basketball, and my old basketball coach said, well, why don't you go into coaching? And I, I thought about it, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to try it. So, uh, 
coached JV football while I was at, in college at Southern Wesleyan uh, at Pendleton and then coached JV basketball uh, there as well and really liked it. And so I uh, got my first job at 96 because that was the only people in the state that would hire me at the time. And um, there was about a three-month period there. And I don't know if y'all can relate to this, but from the time I graduated from college to the time I got my first job where I knew everything. It was the greatest time of my life. And then I actually got a job and realized, oh, I don't know much at all. So I spent three years at the middle school, uh, worked my way up to varsity, um, worked with receivers, uh, linebackers, some DBs, uh, coached basketball, coached football, coached track, coached soccer for a year, believe it or not, uh, coached golf. And, um, you know, time came where I needed to, to get out of 96 and, and, and go somewhere else and ended up at Berkeley for a year uh, in 2007. And then when they opened Cane Bay in 2008, I came over there as a defense coordinator with Jeff Cruz for three years. And then uh, when he left and went to Berkeley, I was fortunate enough to get the head job. So been there, be there till they fire me, I reckon. And you coached this guy over here, right? Like I you, did. You coached uh, him, and now you're now you're coaching him on how to coach, some, right? Some of my finest work right here. <laughs> no, he actually had a really good position coach, so that's what turned him into what he is today. Is that Uncle Gary? Uncle uh, Gary, that's, yes, that's sir. That's my Uncle Gary, yeah. And, uh, and I also want to go ahead and thank y'all, or I thank the, whoever the good DB guy is. Y'all were supposed to come tonight for backing out, and y'all bringing me in at the last minute. So I, I'll try to keep up. Now nah, we, we appreciate both of you guys. Obviously, two people from different backgrounds come up differently. Uh, but, you know, again, excited to talk some DB play with you guys tonight. Uh, Coach Field, anything before we jump? No, just excited, man. Uh, once again, we're back on the defensive side of the ball. We got some backup, some serious backup today, and just excited to talk some DBs here. Yeah, I'm outnumbered here. So, uh, yeah, so we'll get into uh, so – that'll kind of close out the first drive. We'll jump right into our cover three segment, which is back, by the way. It's been gone for a little while. We got DBs today. We got yeah, we got to talk three. cover three segment when you're talking <laughs> yeah. DBs. So, all right, uh, Coach Zare, we'll kinda, I'll kind of let you start with the first question, and then Coach Young, you can kind of elaborate or add on or, or whatever it is you want to add to the conversation once we get to you, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so first question, um, let's just start – we've been starting with scheme. So, Coach Zare, just start with your program scheme uh, and just kind of give us what you guys base out of. Um, uh, to be honest with you, we're probably the simplest team in 5A football. I, you know, my philosophy is teach kids fundamentals, teach them how to play, and, and let them go out there and play. I, you know, I haven't won a football game on Friday night in my career. Kids win football games on Friday night. Now, I've lost a couple by calling stupid crap and do, trying to do kids that my, things that my kids couldn't do. Uh, but it's all about preparing kids to make decisions on the fly. And so yeah, I mean, we base out of a 4-3 and we, we, it, our basic philosophy is if there's two backs in the backfield, we're gonna be in a 4-3 uh, with a two high shell. Um, if it's a one back set, then, then we'll, we'll bump that Sam backer out there and, and play more of a 4-2 uh, look. Uh, it d depending on how you treat H-backs and, you know, tight ends, H-backs, you know, to us, if it's a run team, that's a run set. So we'll keep seven in the box, but we try to, we try to, you know, uh, design our defense around what they're doing. Um, we're not multiple. Uh, I've tried many times to be multiple. We'll, you know, uh, this past year against Goose Creek, we felt like three man front was the best thing for us to be in and we got smoked. And, you know, I don't know that it was the scheme. They were better than we were, uh, and we didn't play great. But I felt like after it was over, had we stayed in the stuff our kids were comfortable with, 
and probably you know tried to get a little more pressure on that quarterback, make him get rid of it quicker. Uh, we'd have probably had a better chance to be successful, or who knows, they might have beat us worse. I don't know. Um, but we try to. We basically want our kids to be comfortable in what they're doing, not thinking just playing football. So uh, we do run a lot of coverages. Well, I say that we have a lot of coverages, but we <laughs> we identify which ones are the best for a particular Friday night. So you know we. We, we might have eight or 10 coverages that we can run, but we probably don't run more than two or three on a Friday night just based on what they do. Uh, but our biggest thing is um, identify what they're best at and take that away. Make them beat us with something um, that they're not great at. And so, you know, we, we, we kind of scheme around formations and personnel more than uh, tendencies and down and distance and that kind of stuff because that's, you know, uh, a lot of times that can get you in a bad spot if you're counting on them to do one thing, but but that ain't what they want to do. So that's kind of us. Yeah, and just, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Coach Fields is now coaching at Cane Bay, but we've also coached against Coach Zara at Cane Bay. And, you know, again, it's always, when I think about you guys, I always think about fundamentals and, you know, being trying to be fundamentally sound. And that's that's probably what you would probably want to stake your, your defense off of. And I feel like you guys have done a pretty good job of that, uh, especially here recently. Um, yeah, so Coach Young, all right, so kind of go ahead and talk about you guys and and your scheme and, and what you guys base out of. All right, well, when I got the job as a coordinator, um, I went and saw Coach Lee Sawyer at Sean Thurman next door to us, and he was running 3-5 at the time, and that's kind of what we started in. And uh, we were one high, and we were either in cover three or we were in man-to-man. And then over time – you know, we're two A school. Um, so a lot of times you have to change some things based on personnel, what you have, not what the other people have. And um, going into about two, two or three years, four, three or four years later, we didn't have as many linebackers, but we had some more linemen. So we went to a 4 2. And since then, over time, those kind of years have, have, have evolved to where we have, we have a bunch of multiple things um, in, in, our, in our back pocket now. Like Coach said, you got to let your kids play what they can do best. And for the past six years, we've been more of a four-man, four-two-five, uh, or really a four-four, uh, one high. Um, but we, in passing situations, have the ability to jump down to a what we call tiger, or we'll go to a three-four, two high, um, and and play and play either you know cover two, cover four, or man-to-man. And like Coach said, we have about nine coverages that we can run. But this year we were uh, predominantly man to man, particularly in the playoffs. We played we played man to man every game in the playoffs until you once again you're a two A school, so you run into a school like Abbeville, who's going to run some some the A bone. And then you played we played Liberty in the first round of playoffs, and they came out and you know they had the scrum package and stuff like that. So you have to at our level, you really really have to. And, and it's really on the coaches. It's kind of in my mind, I tell our guys, our coaches, we need to know all of this, but we don't need to teach but some of this uh, each week because, you know, we're going to run into a scrum team one, one week maybe in 2A, and now we need to be able to go into a 50. You know, we need to know the terminology in our minds. We need to know the, the calls and, and this, that, and the other. But but then we, during that week, then that's our game plan. Now this week, guys, we're going to install this 50 to try to, 
help us against this package or whatever. Um, so I try to take the pressure off the kids, like Coach said, and really put it on us as coaches and uh, be real surgical with our with our calls and our, uh, you know, I like to try to almost, uh, we like to get kind of the pin last as, as much as we can and where we can kind of know what we, we're doing. And we, we don't just call things to call them. We, you know, we have a reason for it. Uh, based on you know the tendencies and the things we've seen, but but yeah, we're if I had to say what we are totally, we're a four-two with the ability to go four-two-five or four-four, meaning two high safety at times and then one high safety. Uh, but most of the time, we're one high safety with a four-man front. Uh, that's kind of what we've done. It, back when, if you had to go back, Cam, it would be our bandit look at Union, you know, where we where we went to a four-two instead of a five-two. Um, we're kind of in that four-two look most of the time. Yeah, and I can imagine you guys, especially you, you probably, like you said, you probably see a lot of different looks each week. I'm sure. I'm, how many times did you guys prepare this week where you pretty much had a similar game plan from one week to the next week? It probably wasn't very well, many times, you, was it? Well, you get you get some. You really get three things at two A, uh, and now of course we play some three A and four A schools, but and some of those still do still do you know different uh different things but but in 2a and we play some 1a schools too in ridge spring Mineta. and so sometimes you, you don't even know sometimes you get out there and they're doing something different and um because they're trying to fit what they think can win that week and um you kind of have to have like i said we keep it in our back pocket as coaches to know if we get this during the game this is what we're going to go to now we don't really want to throw too much on the kids during the week but we want to have it ready in our mind to where, okay, if this happens, we've already kind of got the adjustment ready. Now we need to explain it to them. Um, and, you know, we hit on that. And we're fortunate, Saluda, to be, you know, we have a, a football class. And so we have them all in there every, you know, every day for an hour and a half. And so we get to watch a bunch of film. We get to do a bunch of things like that. And I don't know how many 2A schools have that. But that really helps us to, to prepare outside of the practice field. Yeah. But no, I don't know how many weeks we we saw more spread this year than anything. But but we did see a bunch of H back, and then of course we saw some, you know, what I call uh, uh, unconventional offenses like Abbeville, where you just don't see it, but once a year. Yeah. So you know you kind of have to be ready for that too. I got you. That's that's perfect. So that's kind of the scheme background. We'll take a quick little timeout, and we'll get into some like specifics with the position. All right. All right, so that was kind of the first. We always like to start with the scheme, what you guys do. So, Coach Young, we'll kind of circle it back to you, and then we'll let Coach Zaire go second on this one. So, talk about a little bit about your stance and alignment with your DBs. What's your preference when it comes to their stance? Uh, and does that differ based off the coverages that you're playing? So, kind of give us a little back, backdrop there. Well, over the years, I have learned that I can't turn them into robots. Um, you know, I, I used to try to do that. Um, this is how it's got to be. This is what I want. Uh, this is how wide your feet need to be. This is how far your inside foot needs to be or whatever. And now I've kind of learned that, you know, sometimes just like in baseball, you play baseball, uh, some stances are different. Some stances are more productive. You, you just can't give everybody the same hitting stance. Um, but, but theoretically, uh, you know, the first thing I do with them is I just put them in a line and, tell them to line up how they feel comfortable as a DB, and I just let them backpedal. I just want to see what they can do. And then I try to mold them into what I feel is best for them. So, you know, if I'm going to man-to-man, you know, you know, 
shoulder shoulder width a little bit tighter maybe um inside foot up we're gonna you know be inside leverage and we're gonna you know i, I like to say tnt you know uh toes knees and uh, the other t is tits but um you know you try to kind of keep that in a line yeah. and uh and just be you know be balanced and what's your and what's your best uh what i feel like their best performance role is uh now when we play zone cover three i, I like the shuffle I like to shuffle feet a little bit wider than that, you know, um, belly button pointed to the quarterback, not, not, not totally square, you know, uh, vertical 90 degrees or whatever you want to call it, but, but kind of have a little tilt, but you, but you get back on a shuffle, um, skimming the grass, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's cover three, I, you know, I say, you, you know, and another thing is you, you don't want to tip what coverage you're in all the time. Um, so, you kind of want to stay on the same depth. I, I like to stay on the same depth as much as possible. That way, if we want to, you know, bluff them in the man, if you know, maybe they start off like we're in a shuffle and, we're, and we tilt it out, and then right before snap, we, we turn back in and go and go head up. Uh, the depth will give it away more than the stance will in those kind of situations. Uh, so I like to keep it around six yards, uh, six to seven yard depth. Um, and a lot of times that depends on who we're playing and who, who the kid is we got out there, you know. But, but alignment, I, I'm not. I don't do a lot of press man. I'm not a big press man guy. Uh, that can get you beat, in my opinion, because you 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 you're dealing with a very small amount of air space. You don't have a lot of chance to make up for it if they get past you. So when we play man, we're normally going to be off and we're going to be inside leverage and we're gonna we're gonna be, you know six yards and we're going to play football that way um that's just in my in, in our in my experience and my level of football here that's how i feel about that yeah no, that's perfect that's perfect coach uh and coach there we'll let you go ahead and kind of elaborate on that as well like your your thought process on stance alignment you know what you kind of believe in well like coach said you know uh stance alignment a lot depends on what technique you're asking your kids to use. Uh, I mean, we're a, we're a backpedal, uh, man turn kind of team. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we don't ask our kids to shuffle that kind of stuff. So our corner's gonna be about seven yards off, head up the outside guy. Um, our safeties are gonna be about 10 yards off, one yard outside the last man on the line of scrimmage. And, and we're talking base quarters here. Uh, we expect our, our, our safeties to be forced coming downhill and our, our safety's playing a little slower, or excuse me, our corner's playing a little slower uh, just because for play action and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, it, it, everything changes with the coverage. So if we're in quarters to trips, our, our backside corner, who's, you know, pretty much man, he's going to cheat in a little bit just to help protect himself on the slant. If we're playing, uh, if we go to man coverage, then we're going to be four yards off at least a step inside, if not a, a, a yard inside. If we're, if we're playing a read coverage, which I think y'all call pattern matching now. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> Old guy trying to catch up. Uh, but you know, if we're, if we're pattern matching, then we're gonna play our, our safety head up on number two, uh, still 10 yards deep to give him a chance to get over the top if he ends up with the, uh, uh, the vertical route on the outside and then uh, I think y'all call it apexing now. It used to be splitting the difference, but it's become <laughs> apexing. Uh, I love it. So you know, if we're in, you know, if we're in a four-four playing cover three, then we're going to apex that that last guy on the line of scrimmage in number two, 
And then if we get an upside with a, just a tight end, we're going to put our corner at six and three. So he can, he can force, but at the same time, he can, he can uh, still play in coverage because he'll have that deep third. But, you know, we, we teach our defensive ends that, you know, if that guy's releasing, he's outside releasing. We're not going to let him sneak inside and try and get that little seam route on him. And like Coach said, you know, um, offensive coordinators are smart. Uh, whether they got smart kids or not, they, they're smart. And you got so many check with me guys now that are going to, you know, see what you're in and then call the play that we try to we try to show everything. We try to look like quarters on everything and then roll down. Now, that depends on your kids, too. I mean, sometimes you have kids that just getting them lined up is about all you can do. Uh, but if we have some guys that understand what we're doing, uh, then, you know, we'll try to disguise our coverages a little bit. Yeah, so I think one thing with being DBs a little bit myself that Coach Young and Coach Zaire can kind of agree with is it's, it's so fun when you've got an experienced group that can move and roll and, and show different things and you don't have to harp on those fundamentals as much as a newer group or maybe a group you don't really trust. Um, I know in my own experience with DBs, uh, the last couple of years at Berkeley, we had some DBs that I would trust with my car. I mean, they could babysit my kid, but <laughs> that group after that really got us out of doing any type of pattern matching. Um, we just couldn't trust those guys on a Friday night, to be honest with you. So we broke it down and kept it real simple and regimented some more simple things like cover three, cover one, cover four, and that was it. And it, it's just so much fun when you've got an experienced group of DBs that you can kind of just let loose and they're a true extension of you. Well, and if y'all don't mind me adding one more thing. Go ahead. You know, we're we're talking about different defenses, you know, three, four, three, three stack, four, three, four, two, four, you know, four, two, five, all that kind of stuff. And then with the secondary, you're probably going to see more different kind of, I mean, people that coach linebackers, they pretty much coach them the same way. And, and D-line, kind of sort of the same, depending on the scheme. But with DBs, well, you can see all kinds of different techniques and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, as a young coach or a defense coordinator, which one is the best one? And to be honest with you, they all are. I mean, if there was one right way to do it, everybody would be doing it that way. Right. But the, the key to defense is being able to adjust to what they're doing. And so the defense that you know the best, the defense that you feel most comfortable with, because it ain't about playing your base. It's about being able to adjust and your kids being able to adjust in terminologies that they understand. So when we're talking about backpedaling or skating or shuffling or whatever, which one's better? They all are. It depends on the kid. It depends on what you're asking right. them to do out of it. Yeah. And it depends on your comfort level as a coach because you can't teach a kid to do something that you don't understand. No, that's good stuff. I mean, and I'm I'm more along the lines of the keep it simple myself. So, you know, if you can keep it simple for them so that they can just go out there and play, that's that's kind of my, you know, philosophy there. And I'm sure it would be for a lot of people. So, all right. So uh, one little one last little topic before in the cover three segment before we move on. So we talked about stance alignment. So Coach Zare, kind of talk about eye discipline that, you know, Again, it can change from corner to DB or from corner to safety. Can I can I get a little bit more specific with this? Yeah, go to ahead. help everybody out. Yeah, sure, go ahead. So let's go eye discipline as far as man versus zone. You know, what are the indicators for you, and then between corner and safety, just to keep it easy, because I know we could probably talk about this for three hours. <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely. And, and once again, you know, it's it's not necessarily what you know; it's what you can 
teach your kids, right? right. Absolutely. And, right. and so, you know, we start off, we read quarterback. I mean, if he's in the center, we teach online, offline. Simple as that. If, he, if he's down the line, uh, we're coming downhill. If he's off the line, we're, uh, we're re-stepping and figuring out what the next step is. Uh, if it's a gun team, well, we're looking at quarterback, and we're looking, you know, is he, is he dropping, is he sprinting, is a back crossing his face. So we're going to read step until we identify, and it could be one read step and we're downhill. Or it could be, you know, we're three or four read steps getting into the back pedal before we realize what's going on. Uh, but that's, that's basically our base read. Now, when we get a team uh, that kind of tips their hat a little bit, we'll work that week. For example, we played a, a, a team this past year, and, and when it was run, they were off the ball right now. When it was passed, they were kick slide. So we read that tackle. And if, it, if his hat was coming forward, we were downhill right now. Mm -hmm. And if he was backing up, then, you know, we were getting out. Um, and, you know, every once in a while you come across one like that that, that makes it a little easier. Uh, and, and that's basically, you know, out of zone. We basically read the same thing. Now, obviously, if we're pattern matching, uh, we'll read number two. Number two is going to give us, you know, our, our – our, basically our read in this first two steps. Right. Uh, so we're, we're going to make that call quick. Um, if we're in man, then we're reading the receiver we're on. And, you know, and that, that's the, the one reason we don't play a lot of man is we ask our sec secondary to do a lot in the run game. Mm -hmm. And they ain't nothing worse than, you know, your, your corner and your safety are 30 yards down the field and they're running outside zone or something. Uh, and, and you got no force. Um, so, you know, we'll – We'll try to give them, you know, based on the team, a quicker read if we can. Um, but we would rather err. Uh, we'd rather be wrong in the passing game than the run. So, yeah. and you know, the guys that do a good job with the the play action and all that kind of stuff, they get us sometimes. And you RPO guys, y'all suck. <laughs> That's not even fair. Our RPO, well, I, I, RPOs aren't bad when the officials will call linemen downfield. But if we're reading guards and they're coming hitting us in the mouth and then they're sl slinging the ball out there, that's not even right. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's definitely changed the game a little bit for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so, Coach Young, I'm going to let you – so you probably have a lot of similarities when it comes to zone, but you, you did mention that you, play, you guys play a little bit of man coverage. So just talk us through what you teach your DBs as far as where their eyes go in, in man coverage. Well, let me, let me hit on a few things. I was sitting there thinking as Coach was talking. Okay. I'm, I'm really happy you got me here because I, I love learning, listening to coaches and, and taking stuff with me when I leave. Um, but, you know, this year he was talking about – just to hit on talking about the safety. You know, the safety read is going to be different in our – with us than it is than the corners. He's exactly right in our – when it comes to what – in zone read, corners are going to – 90% of the time read the quarterback, 95% of the time. Now, if it's cloud support, if that's what you want to call it, which I'm not big on all that jargon either. I don't believe in all that. I just tell how it is. Look, split the damn difference and let's go. We don't need to call it apex and, there you go. and all that crap. But uh, <laughs> split the difference, you know, and um, – but but whatever. But if he's a if he's a, a, a corner that's got run support, then, 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 yeah, we may read the tackle that week. I think it changes a lot week to week. Uh, when it comes to when we're in zone. But most of the time, the corners are, are, are going to be reading that quarterback and they're going to have the inside turn. If they're shuffling, obviously, they don't have the inside turn because they can just stay fronted out, which um, that's why I like to shuffle at, at, at cover three from what, what a one-high safety. Uh, now, that safety, 
that can change because, like, let's say you're playing a team that, that has an H-back and we know the H-back is going to take you to the ball 90% of the time or whatever, and we may read him at, at safety. Now, as we backpedal, if we see that H-back, you know, cross the face of the formation, then, hey, we, we may come downhill because that's that's the run, and he's not he's not accounted for. He's, they don't have a hat on him in their little scheme that y'all do as, as offensive coaches when you get on the board and you got it all blocked up. Y'all normally don't have somebody – getting directly to the safety um, automatically. So, so sometimes we may have him as a read defender while he's past dropping, if that makes any sense. Uh, or maybe the tackle. Like Coach said, when they kick slide every time on pass, um, now you see high hat. Well, now I can just continue my backpedal and be ready to, to play the, the – then now get my eyes to the quarterback. Um, but, but, but to go back to your question, man-to-man, you know, we did that a lot this year because we had four dudes up front at our level that could – you know, we could play two, two, two C gaps. You know, fives or whatever you want to call it, and then and two twos and slam them or pinch them or whatever, with two linebackers uh, taking the gap away from that wherever they went. And now we had enough gap coverage to and some edge control with our defensive ends to where, if they did run some outside zone, we were good enough at the end to to get out there and and play a bunch of man. Um, because our, we felt comfortable with all of our DBs that could play the receivers we were playing. But the next year, for instance, we, we, we lost a lot of talent uh, in the back end, so we may be a lot more zone. Uh, but but the man-to-man to me, uh, you got to take the inside away. Uh, like Coach said earlier, I, I like to go a whole yard almost. I, I just feel like the hardest throw is the out route. Um, the easiest throw is a slant or, or a vertical. And if you're going to play, if you take the slant away with your alignment, then now you know the only thing really threatening me is my vertical. So now we can man turn to it and and do our thing, you know, go up and make a play. Um, Even if, you know, even if we got two high safeties, I still like to keep it simple. I don't want to tell the cornerback on the, now now we got two high, so we're going to play man underneath. But now you got outside leverage and you'll funnel him to the safety. To me, at the two-way level, that's very hard to, they're not going to know that they're not going to you know understand it as much as we do as coaches like so keep it all the same no matter what so we play we play inside leverage uh, tell them to look their eyes at their belly button um, because if you look at their head they can they can fake you out if you look at their feet they can definitely fake you out so I try to keep your eyes at the belly button and and go play Um, but I tell you the main thing and I I was looking up through the questions and kind of look, you know, make it have a little plan for tonight. But uh, I think competing at practice is the best is the best way to get better at man to man. I mean, yes, um, you, because the wide receivers like it. Uh, obviously, at our level, we have to flip some guys and go both ways, and so now they get practice at both and and just go, you know, tell the DBs to turn their backs and give them a signal or give them a card or whatever, and run them out there and go play. You know, two on two on one side and then do the two on two on the other, and just. And then coach on the fly, you know, coach them up as you're going. And uh, I think that's that's kind of what we do. We just, you know, I don't spend a whole bunch of time on man-to-man drills. And a lot of our man-to-man is just going out there and doing it, if that makes any sense. No, I, I love it, Coach. Uh, you, you brought me back to my days with Coach Tannehill over there. We used to uh, – Tuesdays was our, our one-on-one stuff with the DBs. Now, they could play off-man or they could play, you know, getting their cover three phase, whatever it was. But I always used to joke with the DBs that was Toast Tuesday, and I would try to bring them toast on Wednesday morning for breakfast. But we won some well, of those to battles. Add, to, add to, to add to what you were saying there and not interrupt you. No, go ahead. But that's 
you know, um, I try to give them about three different techniques. Like I said, I don't do press now. If, now, if I've got a stud and and I'm not, he knows that he can do it and, and he's a superior, I, I'm not going to fuss too much if he wants to try it out once or twice. But, um, you know, in a crucial situation, I'm not – I'll advise him that's not what we need you to do this play. We need you to play normal, you know, six, six, six and one inside and let's play. Uh, but, but during spring practice, for instance, I know a lot of coaches feel like spring practice is not essential, but in my mind it is because that's when you can see what they can do and say, all right, well, if you want to try this scooch technique or whatever you want to call it, where you kind of not backpedaling, but you're kind of shuffling in a backpedal uh, and let's, 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 let's teach it to you. And then go out there and try it. And if that's not working for you, then go back to the to, to the quick backpedal. Uh, if that's not working, then do the you know the the quick. I don't know what the terminology is. Just buzz your feet, you know, and, and catch the catch technique. I think is what they call it. And and see if that happens. And some kids' skill sets is better for backpedal, and some's better for scoots, and some's better for for catch technique. And and during the spring and summer, those are times you can really tell them. Hey, in the seven on seven, all right, we're all going to play catch technique this this time. We go man to man, and you know, just kind of see what's best for them. And then now they've kind of got an arsenal of things that they know. When we're in game time, all right, well, this is crunch time. I'm going to do my best technique. You know, when we're playing man to man, and 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 that way, we're more efficient. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that that's good stuff, coach, and that that's that'll be a, a good like point right there. Close out that cover three segment. Um, again, we just kind of started with the fundamentals there. We talked about some scheme, stance, alignment, eye discipline. So we'll go ahead and cut the cover three segment. We'll jump right into our two-minute drill here. All right. All right, back here. Now this is – oh, there's my bell. I thought it was coming there. There's my bell for the two-minute drill. So we're starting the two-minute drill here. Uh, if you've been listening, you know, obviously if you're listening to this now, it's your first episode listening. You know, the two-minute drill, we're going to ask some fun questions for these guys. Let them answer it and see if they can keep it under two minutes. What do you think, Coach Fields? It's just two of them tonight. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> – we did five last time? Yeah. Yeah, we did five last – we're doing two people. Coach Fields and I are not answering these questions just for our guests tonight. So, Coach Zier, Coach Young, you guys ready? Yep. All right, let's I'm rock ready. and roll. All right, first question. Coach Young, you'll go first every time. Oreos or chocolate chip? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. All right. Pants or shorts? Shorts. Shorts. Cruise or resort? Resort. Resort. Okay. All right. Visit Lambeau Field for a snow game or go to the Super Bowl? Lambeau Field. I'm going Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going All right. Here we go. 12-pound bass or a PR big buck? 12-pound bass. I'll go with the bass. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite pregame meal food? Oh, uh, Union. Whatever we did at Union was that one better than that one. Chicken, green beans, baked potato. There you go. Yeah. Coach there. I'm going to go with hamburger steak, green beans, and uh, mashed potatoes, but kids won't eat that anymore, so we feed them chicken fingers. (laughs) Nice. All right, nice uniform, awful stadium, or a cool stadium with ugly uniforms? Cool stadium, ugly uniforms. I'm going nice uniform. <laughs> All right. Throw the Hail Mary or defend the Hail Mary? Defend. <laughs> defend it. That's an easy one for you guys. All right. Favorite pizza topping? Uh, favorite pizza topping, ham and mushroom. I'm okay. a pepperoni guy. All right. 
All right, face a spread team or a run-heavy team with two good wide receivers. Spread team. I want the run team. All right. Um, one restaurant for the rest of your life, where would you go? Any type of Mexican. <laughs> uh, Waffle House, baby. Okay. okay. All right, we got two left. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Pepsi. All right, last one. Your favorite DB of all time? Dion. God almighty, I hate to be following you, Coach. Dion is <laughs> Dion. the dude, man. He's the GOAT. Prime time. All right, sweet. That, that was a, a good two-minute drill. I think it's better when we're not in it, Coach Fields, honestly. I like it better, yeah. <laughs> it's better when we're not <laughs> yeah. participating. So, I, I think you guys well, probably – Well, also, Coach, people can't make fun of me like Coach McDaniel did. <laughs> you know, I mean – I just get louded out of my two-minute answers. So well, y'all, y'all right are going to get me in trouble if you ask that holiday thing because I hate Valentine's Day, <laughs> and that was going to get me in trouble. No, because so we I'm can't ask that did. this close to Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't ask. <laughs> Not that our wives are listening anyway, but I mean, <laughs> who knows. All right, sweet. Uh, no, I think you guys, that's probably going to be under two minutes. I mean, it's, it's, it, I think we got it. So uh, excellent job, fun little segment we like to do to add into the podcast. Um now, we'll just kind of jump into our aired out segment. Coach Fields calls it his meat and taters. Um, this is, you know, some more in-depth stuff, talking DBs today. Again, we got Coach Stuart Young from Saluda High School, head football coach. Coach Russell Zare, head football coach at Cane Bay High School, talking defensive back stuff today. All right, so uh, Coach Zare will let you kind of start this first aired out question off. Um, talking about skill set, what type of skill set are you looking for when you're identifying whether a player is more suited for the corner position or the safety position? All right, for, let me preface this by saying that personnel is the most important thing you do as a coach. I mean, getting kids in the spot where they have a, a chance to compete. Because, I mean, people, kids are playing football because they want to be on the field. And if you got a kid that's in a spot that, I, you know, uh, so to us, personnel is, is – critical uh, and and let's face it there's some positions that uh, there's not a position in football for kids and those kids are fine too as long as they come out with great attitudes but talking DBs uh, with our scheme and what we do um, our corner has to be our best athletes uh, you know our because everybody has got a dude at receiver that they're going to throw that 50-50 ball to when they got to have it so for us uh, number one, they got to be, they got to have speed. They got to be able to run with a Chisholm or uh, a kid like that. Um, ideally, you know, it's a taller, longer kid uh, that can go up and, and, and get balls. Uh, but they got to have great, great hips. Got to be great at changing directions. Uh, you know, I, I tell our kid all the time because we don't always have a ton of speed in the secondary. Uh, you know, the faster you change directions, it doesn't matter if you're a four-seven, he's a four-five. If you can get out of your back pedal, change directions. You can make up that speed. That's why we have a cushion. Uh, you know, uh, we can we can equalize that. Uh, but they also got to be able to to get off of blocks uh, because we ask our our corners to be involved in the run game. Uh, for me, you know, uh, corners a little simpler in our scheme. Uh, you know, they're either deep outside or man. You know, there's not a whole lot of adjusting. Now when we go to safety. Um, we can get a, away with a, a, a smaller kid and a kid that's maybe not as fast, but he's got to be smart. He's got to understand what we're, we're doing because they're the adjusters when it comes to motion. Uh, they're the one that's got to get everybody right. And they, they got to be a thumper uh, because, you know, in a 4-3 scheme, they're the, they're the force guys. They're the downhill uh, guys that got to come get it. And so um, 
the other thing that we, we ask our lot, a lot of our corners is they, they play a lot of the screens. Uh, our safeties are normally playing the suckers over the top and the, the corners have to come off, get off blocks and play those screens. So really, um, corners probably has to be a, a better athlete for us, but uh, our safeties probably have to be better overall football players. Um, and, and between strong safety and free safety, there's a pretty big difference there too because our, our strong safety is more of a linebacker. I mean, when we roll him down, he, he's got to be able to play outside backer just as good as the other one or they're going to pick on him all night. Um, so he's got to be a little more physical. Uh, and then our free safety, you know, he's got to have that closing speed. He's got to be the guy that can break on the ball while it's in the air and, and break up those things, when, especially when people – uh, get loose and you're playing man. So that's that's pretty much what we're looking for. Now, we've gotten away with playing smaller guys at corner, but they got to be fast as crap and they got to be able to jump because everybody's going to test them. Absolutely. Yeah, um, so Coach Young, you can kind of talk about that too. What, what kind of skill set? I mean, it's, there might be a lot of similarities, but just talk about, you know, what you're looking for in your corners, what you're looking for in your safeties, and, and any kind of differences there might be. <clears throat> Definitely a lot of similarities. In fact, so those words he used, thumper at safety, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you got to have. And now, the difference is if you're one high team like us, for the you know most part, you got to have two outside linebackers that can also drop back in the coverage. You know, I don't, we don't have a <clears throat> strong safety, and that's it. And we have two strong safeties at outside linebacker, basically. And, and I like that if you can, in a perfect world, you want to be able to roll either one of them back at times and keep the other one uh, uh, the flat when you go too high, or or you want both of them to be able to play man-to-man. So I've kind of got three different positions that I look at as what I call secondary. Cornerbacks, he said it the best, they've got to be the best athletes. Um, they've got to, If they're not big, they've got to be fast. If they're tall and lanky, they've got to have good hips and be able to get out of there and all that stuff. Uh, but the cornerbacks usually need to be your your guys that can you know that can run and jump and they've got to be you know athletes. You can't put a non-athletic corner. That's not that's, that, that's non-existent. If you do, it's going to be a long night. Um, but also, cornerbacks don't have to know as much as other positions. So sometimes you can put some inexperienced athletes that are maybe younger at least at our level, that, that, hey, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to be splitting the difference between the hash and the sideline and playing, you know, zone, or you're going to be playing man-to-man against the guy on the outside with the inside leverage. It's you and him in the backyard. And so sometimes you can get by with playing some sophomores or something at our level that are really athletic there, and then you can say, now maybe next year we're going to move him into the middle. What I've noticed at, at 2A and at Saluda uh, is a lot of times your best athletes start outside and they eventually kind of move inside um, throughout their career, either the inside linebacker or free safety, because uh, they get bigger, they get stronger, and they, you know, they. But you knew they were very athletic, so you started them, and they needed to start at cornerback. Um, or you may have an outside linebacker that, that or free safety, excuse me, uh, first year, and he may end up moving down to the outside linebacker. Um, but free safety to me has got to be pretty cerebral uh, when it comes to knowing the offense, uh, the, you know, what the offense is doing, like Coach said earlier about motion adjuster and that kind of thing. Uh, but the free safety's body type doesn't matter as much as the cornerback, in my opinion. Uh, it, it can be a 5'8", 
170 guy that, that, that runs fast and, and is knowledgeable and, and breaks on the ball well and comes down and tackles you um, for, for one high scheme. Outside linebackers, in my opinion, and the defense we run are the two most important positions because they have to be edge setters on runs. They have to be able to jump into some man-to-man at times and then sometimes drop back into, into a, to a, a high safety. So that position itself um, puts them play in almost three different skill sets. And uh, so in our defense, in the 4-2-2-5 or 4-4, those outside linebackers are really, really important. And so you normally, I know Coach said as corners, the best you know, athletes, these are our, usually our best football players, uh, the guys that, that, that can go smoke something on the run but yet jump in man coverage if they need to. So at Saluda, our outside linebackers are usually our – guys all right they're, they're guys that, that are gonna have to you know really really good um body type wise i you know, they just have to be they gotta be skilled um a little bit of meat on the bones with some speed i mean that's that's kind of what we're looking at um, if that makes any sense it does coach and i mean i think that aligns with a lot of programs as far as corner versus safety that corner is the twitchy guy right uh, yes. If he's if he's long and lanky, that's awesome with a little bit of twitch. And if he's smaller, he better have it. He better be able to change direction and get after it. Uh, so I, one, one before we move on to our everyday drills. So when I first got to Cane Bay, guys, I was kind of just observing, just watching, especially that fall camp, coaching my guys, not saying much, and I'm just kind of waiting for Coach Zare to pop off. And you got to understand, Coach Zare's our head coach at the 5A level and coaches our DBs. Good Lord, if you're a safety for him, good luck, buddy. You are <laughs> going to get your tail busted daily, okay, from the first practice of the season to the last practice of the season. you got to know what you're doing. So that, that you've got to have that guy who knows how to check formations and coverages. And the safety's got to be the smart guy, you know. I think that goes along with most people's programs. Uh, so let's go ahead into our next question. Uh, Coach Young, you'll go ahead with your favorite everyday drills here. Oh, well, I always do what I call SSS. I got that from Coach Spangler at PC. Um, stance, uh, starts, and steps. And I, I line them out there you know, every day. Our kids know this is exactly where we're going to start. And I'm on the sideline, and they're out there. And with us, you know, I've got three defensive back positions, not four. So I've got a safety and two corners and because uh, we don't have the two safeties. And I'll have one. They're five yards apart. So, you know, you got one right in front of me is the safety, and he lines up, you know, in front of me, about 10 yards from me. And then the two corners, usually around five yards, and we just do our back pedal uh, reset. Now, that can change week to week if we've got it. You know, if we're going to shuffle this week because we're thinking it's going to be a zone team and that's all they're going to do because they got, you know, tight end H back every play, then they may do, but we, you know, shuffle. If not, we do the backpedal. Um, and we'll backpedal out a couple of times and then we'll backpedal out uh, and, and burst up like it's a run. And then we'll backpedal out and burst out like it's a pass. That's just kind of get us out, get us going before we start. And, um, you know, I, I try to do a tackling drill uh, every day, and uh, you know my favorite you know tackling drill is what I call the box drill, where I take a and I wish I could be on the board. That's hard to explain, but I'll try it best I can, 30 seconds. But I'll put a cone and a hash, 
a cone at the number. And then I'll walk off 10 yards and put another cone in the hash, another cone at the number. So you kind of got a box right there. If that makes any sense. And then I'll take, I'll split my group into two lines and I might put, uh, I designate which line is the ball carrier and I designate which line is the tackler. And uh, I may put them, you know, one at one side of the box at a cone and the other, you know, diagonally across from them. But the main thing is they're going to run to the middle and the ball carrier has one move. He can either cut to the left and cut it back or cut to the right. And I, like I said, I wish I could draw it up for you. But it simulates open field tackling without, you know, the, the typical little angle tackle. And then I may put them both in front of each other on the same side, uh, you know, opposite sides of the box, but in front of the, each other. And they're both running towards the middle. And then he can either try to cut and beat him in the open field or cut it back and just try to simulate um, open field tackling, you know, like, because that's what we're going to have to do in, that, in the backfield. And uh, I used to put cones out there and they'd break down on cones. But now I've kind of got it where I've got that box where they just kind of, they both run into the middle no, no matter where they start. And then the ball carrier gets one move. And he's got to, my DB's got to be able to break down and, and, and you know, change direction with him. Uh, that's probably my most everyday tackle drill. Um, but stance and starts, man, that's very important. Um, uh, and then, of course, like I said, I do that tackle drill pretty much every day. And they, they know what's coming. So, you know, we once we get it taught, they, we jump into it. And then I'll throw in whatever, you know, I, I, you know, ball drills. We do ball drills. I think, I think every tackling drill I do, I will say this, every tackling drill I do, I always use footwork in it besides that box drill. Like if I'm going to tackle the wheel, if I'm going to tackle, a, you know, anything, uh, a pad, you know, I'm going to put cones down and, and make them break down, break down, break down, break down, then go tackle. Uh, trying to work those feet with everything. I always feel like the DBs, your feet have to change direction all the time. And you never know – uh, when and where it's going to be. So uh, I use footwork in about every tackling drill I do besides that little box drill I was telling you about. Dang, Coach Young kind of hit our, our next question there too. <laughs> Coach, there what you got for us with your everydays? Anything different than what Coach does? Uh, I mean, it's DBs. But right. There ain't been so much you can do. We, we start off, uh, we do you know, footwork drills. So we're backpedaling, flipping our hips, uh, bringing it 45s. We do a stick and drive drill. We're, working on going from back pedal to coming downhill as fast as possible. We're very technique oriented on that kind of stuff. Uh, I've got some metal ladders that our welding shop made. So we do ladder drills on Mondays and Tuesdays and we do ball drills during that. So while they're going through the ladders, I'm throwing balls at them, I'm dropping balls, I got a scoop and score or whatever. And then on uh, Wednesday, um, we do, instead of the ladders, we do pass breaks and you know, sink to the curl, break to the flat, that kind of stuff. Uh, we do tackling every day. Uh, we start off with form tackling. Um, we do angle tackling a uh, little bit. Uh, they don't do as much angle tackling in the secondary as that linebacker and stuff like that. So it's more focused on open field. Uh, we do sideline tackling every Wednesday because uh, I get sick and tired of uh, DBs trying to push somebody out of bounds and missing <laughs> or them getting three more yards because they're tiptoeing up the sideline. So, I, you know, we teach them wrap up, run your feet, and when you, your feet go out of bounds, turn them loose. Don't dump them out of bounds. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and, you know, and, and the biggest thing with that is just understand where the sideline is. Once he gets within five yards of the sideline, we're using that as the 12th man. Where's now, your leverage? Yeah, now yeah. I'm inside leverage and I'm making sure his ass goes out of right. bounds. 
And that's something that kids, you know, it seems like common sense, but it ain't because kids ain't got no sense these days. Well, it happened in, it happened in the Super Bowl, Coach. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, you are right. Yeah. And then we also uh, we were uh, block pro. Um, I said Super Bowl. I meant uh, playoff game. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. It sure did. Um, but that's when, you know, if, if I have an assistant, that's where I like to split the corners and the safeties. Because corners, I mean, you know, the, our, our safeties are never putting hands on guys. Uh, they're always ripping inside, outside leverage based on where the ball is. If they're putting two hands on a guy, um, they might get fussed at if, I, if I'm not fussed in Fussed at. Yeah, I love right. it. Fussed uh, at. But the corners, <laughs> though, corners, I mean, you got – we always talk about shrinking the field. So, you know, we want to, you know, if we're lining up on the numbers, we want to try and push that thing back in at the hash if possible. So we're talking about leverage and leveraging that block. And, you know, if, if they're throwing a bubble screen or something out there, then now we got to get both hands on the guy and read it. Read it. So, um, you know, if you can work your corners and your safeties on different drills at that time, then that's, you know, because safeties don't really do a whole lot of that. And then, um, you know, I don't know if this is everyday drills, but we work motion adjustments every Monday just because that's kind of our teaching day. We work screens on Tuesdays, and then Wednesday we, we work all the trash stuff. You know that crap offensive coordinators have. <laughs> they throw twice a game, but if you don't prep for it, Why are you looking score. at me, Cody? Yeah. He's like staring uh, at me right now. <laughs> so, so we work the special, special plays, trash formation, stuff like that on Wednesdays, and that's kind of our, our weekly schedule. No, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, and so you guys kind of elaborated on a little bit of attack and stuff. We're going to take a quick little break right here, and we'll jump right back into some more questions. All right, back here uh, back here in the aired out segment. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So, we, you know, these guys talked a little bit about tackling. We were going to ask some, some tackling questions, but they kind of elaborated a little bit on that. Um, as any good, you know, defensive backs coach would do, they're going to include some tackling because there's a lot of times you get left out there and, you, you know, you're the last line of defense. So. Can, can I just say, too, I mean, something that these guys talked about that people don't talk about a lot is just block destruction at, at the DB level. Yeah. I mean, especially in the high school level, I get Saturdays and Sundays, a lot of those guys are just playing man. They're not really necessarily in the run game. But a high school DB is involved in the run game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure, you may get those man situations every now and again, but block destruction is huge, and knowing where your leverage is at DB is huge. If you're not teaching that as a DB coach, you need to step it up, honestly. Um, block destruction is huge, man. How, how's that guy going to get off that block? He can't – I mean, he can't Ray Lewis. We're talking about DBs that are 150, 140, 160 pounds. They can't Ray Lewis guys. So that's something you need to be teaching every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um yeah, so this next question, this it's kind of a question I came up with. You know, obviously I'm, uh, you know, I coach receivers or I've coached receivers before, and it's kind of one that I wanted to, to ask you guys about the mental aspect of the DB position. So, obviously, there are times in a game where a DB, you know, may get beat. All right, you might get beat over the top for a touchdown, and, and it's you know people talk about having a short memory. So, how do you guys help your players deal with the mental side of? that type of situation or just playing defensive back in general. Coach Zare, let you go first. Well um let me let me open this up by saying D B is the hardest position in football. And I don't care what anybody says because if they're not coming up and playing the run, they're getting fussed at. But if they get beat deep, then not only <laughs> am I fussing at them, but everybody in the stands is fussing at them That's too. That's right. And the, the loneliest place to be is a DB coach at a seven-on-seven. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, 
you've got to develop that play the next play mentality. I mean, you know, they got to have short memories and, and you got to fuss at them, which we do, uh, but you got to love on them too. And, and they got to understand that, you know, and I tell my guys all the time, look, you know, we might have given up a touchdown, uh, but if the defensive line would have sacked him or the linebackers would have done whatever, I mean, it ain't on you. Coach uh, one One play never wins or, or, or loses a, a football game. Um, but to me, I try to create as much pressure as I can at practice. I, you I know, love it. And, and, and I, I talk to them like I'm talking right now until we get to going. And then next thing you know, it, it, it goes to a whole other Whole other level, just because quiet fuss dad. They they have to feel that pressure on a daily basis. So when Friday night gets here, you know it. it they're they're used to it, and, and you know, and I, and I don't do a whole lot of screaming and hollering at kids on a Friday night. Now officials, that's a whole other thing. But um, you know, you've got to create that. You can't be in a situation where on Friday night you jump a kid for blowing the coverage and he shuts down on you. So I figure by the time that first game rolls around, they've been fussed at 20 or 30 times, so they're used to it by now. Um, you also have to teach schemes. You've got to teach your guys route combinations. They've got to understand, okay, if my guy's leaving me, somebody else is coming back. Or if you know if two guys are going inside, I got to play the deeper one because somebody else can tackle that skinny post, but I'm the only one that can defend that deep post. So they've got to understand concepts and schemes, um, and they've got to be able to see the whole picture. You know, if somebody's leaving, they got to be they can't focus on that one guy. If you're playing zone, they got to be able to see who's coming back to them. Um, and you know, you've also got to have good backups. Because uh, there's going to be a time where you know you got to get a kid off and say he's completely lost and say, look, this is what they're doing. All you have to do is this, and, and send them back out there. Uh, but you've got to be able to get your guys off the field from time to time just to talk to them. And you know, I, I know you can talk to them during, um, you know, while the offense is on the field. But one of the biggest disadvantages I have as a DB coach is is I'm also the head coach. And we lost a game two years ago because I was over talking to my DBs and our offense had 12 men on the field. And my OC couldn't call timeout. So by the time you know I get over there, we snap the ball, we run 75 yards and it gets called back uh, because I wasn't over there to call timeout. So I've got an assistant coach that kind of coaches them up in between series. But it, you know I kind of have to be uh, on the sideline so I can't do a good job of communicating with those guys in between. But I got good at Bridges Howard, uh, played for us, and, and, and he helps me with DBs, and he does, does a great job with those guys. Yeah, Coach, and that, that's spoken like a guy who's definitely been coaching DBs for a while. All, all good answers there. Um, Coach Young, kind of talk about, you know, how you mentally prepare your DBs in situations like that. <clears throat> well, I take it from a psychological perspective because I teach psychology. I've been teaching for 16 years. And, uh, you know, that's I've learned that the mind is a very powerful thing, but it can be your best friend. It can be your worst enemy. And, uh, you know, I try to – I actually play psychological games with them sometimes, and they don't really realize it. If they're doing really good, I'm usually on their butts, um, you know, keeping them all on their edge at practice or, or during the game. You know, maybe find a small thing to fuss at them about, even though they're having a good game. But then when things maybe going bad, I, I'm I may be more of a um, 
you know, shake it off. That happens kind of guy. Now it can't happen again, but it can't happen too many times and we're going to be in trouble. Uh, that's kind of my approach to a cornerback or, or, or safety. Um, you know, anybody that's playing defensive back, you know, I played it. And a lot of times I'll use my experience and, and, and give them an example. And sometimes I do this during the week, you know, uh, if they get beat during practice, I may say, Hey, I know that, I know the feeling. You, I've been there. You know, I, I give them an example of when I got beat playing college ball or when they scored a touchdown over me, and it's a lonely feeling. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta get over it. You gotta bounce back, and and then I bring in the rest of the team, like Coach said earlier. Uh, and sometimes, a lot of times, I do this when we're meeting during the week. Uh, if we watch a film from the night before or the game before, and the cornerback gets beat or or safety busts the coverage or whatever, and you know. I'll, I'll, I'll show the film in front of the whole team, but then I'll say, now, um, y'all got to pick him up. How many of you went over there and told him it was, it was okay that we, we had another play to play? You know, we had another drive to go. We still got a lot of game to play. And, and I try to challenge our kids to pick each other up as much as possible so they know they got some support if things do go bad, particularly in the back end. Um, but, yeah, coaching defensive backs, you, you've got to use a lot of psychology because, like Coach said, um, when you get beat, it's not just the coach talking about you. It's the whole stadium. And uh, and like I said, I go during those meetings. I may say, you know, point to an offensive lineman. You you missed the block on the second drive. We just saw right. You got the quarterback sack. Right, right. Did, didn't you see that? And I look at the team. Didn't didn't y'all see that? Yes, sir. But but did did grandma in the stands see that? Probably not. She, she didn't. She didn't see that. You know. Uh, but everybody saw him get beat, but all he did was the same thing you did. And, and so y'all have got to realize that this is a team effort. And I try to really incorporate that strategically throughout the week. Like coach said, as a head coach, sometimes you, you have to think multi, you know, you're not just a position coach. Uh, you got to be, you got to be ready. And I always try to give them up. And this is what all my players, but I, the old compliment sandwich, you know, you tell them something good and then you rip their butts and then you, Tell them you love them at the end, you know, to try to make them feel better. Um, so it's not necessarily just a Friday night thing. It's, it's all the time, you know, try to be strategic. And you also got to know your kid. Um, is he a kid that comes from a two-parent household whose parents hold him accountable and everything, and he can take a little more butt-chewing? Or is it a kid that, you know, doesn't really have a great family life and he's very fragile mentally and, you know, how's he going to respond to getting beat, uh, losing, you know, losing leverage in a run game, anything like that. And everybody knows he did it. And you almost have to kind of know who your kids are um, and how to approach that. Um, you see what I'm saying? Well, and, and along the same lines, I mean, what they've got to understand is, is they're going to get beat. I mean, players make great catches every Friday night, at some point, you're going to get mossed. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things, hey, they made a perfect throw, they made a perfect catch, you know, get it the next time. Next time, you might pick it off. Uh, but they've got to understand, you know, they're playing them against good competition on, on any level. Everybody's got that receiver. Yeah, those wide re receivers practice too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're not, you know, they're, they're training themselves as well. So, I mean, you're going against people that, are doing the same things you're doing to try to, to try to beat you. <laughs> yep. and, and they got to understand that. I think a lot of that comes like these guys have talked about too, at practice, your competition periods. I mean, I can tell you from experience, coach Willis made our 
DB's better at Berkeley just because of the pressure he put on them and two-on-twos and one-on-ones in practice every day. Um, a lot of times we were seeing better receivers at practice than we were in the game, to be completely honest with you. So those competition periods with DBs are huge. Talk about inside leverage on the slant. Well, the best way for them to learn, because you can tell them to your blue in the face, but those competition periods on a Tuesday is a lot better for that kid to learn inside leverage than on a Friday, right? So I think those competition periods are huge for you as a DB coach during the week. Well, and to, to piggyback on that, you know, you need to have, like, we go receivers versus DBs uh, every day while our, you know, the, we're doing inside run. But we don't just throw routes. I mean, we do our open field tackling then because, you know, those receivers got better moves than your backup DBs do. Yep. And, uh, when, you know, we're talking about uh, tackling, open field tackling. First of all, let me say there is no such thing as a bad tackling open field. We, we're going to teach them how we want it done, but if he goes down or he goes Get out of down. bounds, that is a win 100% of the time. But, you know, talking about tackling and getting off of blocks, receivers don't want to block people. They don't. So you've got to make them burp. And, and DBs need to learn how to get off a block. So, you know, we use that time. We basically split it. We've spent, you know, the first half working on open field tackling, getting off blocks. We'll combine the two where they got to get off a tackle and or get off a block and make a tackle. And then we'll work our routes, and, and that, that, that part's critical uh, for your secondary. Yeah, and Coach Fields, because we talk about a lot of those times we would go, you know, working receivers, DBs, and I always would throw those, like, quick screens to make my guys block and, to, and to try to help those DBs, you know, shed, you know, shed a block and, and come up and still make a tackle and stuff like that. Because, like, again, like I said, receivers don't like doing it. But in the offense that, you know, I like to run, you're going to have to do it or you ain't going to be on the field. So, again, it's making both sides better, though. So, I like it when you can, you know, put that kind of group period together there. Uh, yeah, so awesome answers there. Um, next question, talking about lower-level stuff. So, we want to shift gears a little bit. So, uh, Coach Zare, we'll kind of let you answer this one. Um, talk about your relationship with your lower-level guys, like – how do you go about making sure that your lower-level coaches are teaching those young kids exactly what you want them to learn? All right. Um, we, we started doing this last year where we had kind of a, a Cane Bay Coaches Clinic, and we got not only our lower-level coaches but also the guys that do the AAU and rec teams at Cane Bay and kind of bring them all in and go through our philosophy and our defense and how we call stuff, how we do stuff and that kind of stuff. And then I – I try to sit down with my, my DB, DB coaches on uh, JV and B team and say, look, you know, these are the drills we do. This is how we do them. This is what we call stuff. And I try, uh, try to go watch them practice. We, we have a football class too, so we normally start practice a little bit early. So when we're done, I try to go there and watch the, you know, the JVs and the B teams and, and our uh, JV uh, DB coaches the firefighters every third day he's he's not there so I'll try to you know work with those guys sometimes when he's not there but to be honest with you I don't do a great job of that because it seems like there's always something that comes up there's always something I got to be doing and so I don't probably um, get with those guys as much as I should but the the biggest thing to me that those guys have got to understand is why we have different coverages because you can have 10 different coverages, but if you don't know when to run them, it doesn't help you any. 
So understanding, okay, if it's, you know, if it's trips, this is the coverage we want if they're throwing screens, but if they're going for verticals, uh, you know, this is what we want to be in. If, if, if we know that they're going to run the ball on third and short, then we want to roll guys down, to, you know. So calling the, the, the coverage to match the game situation or to take something away that they're getting you with. Uh, you know, that's the biggest thing. You've got all these coverages, but if you don't understand what the purpose of having different coverages are, it's it's pretty much pointless. You're just pretty much guessing. So, you know, my biggest thing with those level, lower level guys is for them to understand when I need to be in cover three, when I need to be in man, when I need to be in some kind of two high look uh, to put them in the best situation. And then, and then we go to, you know, I go to all the JV games, I go to all the B team games, and I don't just sit on, well, sometimes I sit on the golf cart because my ass is tired. But <laughs> most of the time I'm on the sideline talking to those guys and saying, look, they're, they're killing you on the weak side. You need to roll this guy down when you get doubles because they're not going to get four verticals. The kid can't throw 20 yards, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, so Coach Young, what, what about you? Like, talk about your relationship with your, your lower level coaches, or do you guys have to pretty much coach everybody, you know, all together? Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with my JV defensive back coach because that's me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we don't really have that problem here. Uh, or I say problem. We don't have that, uh, you know, it's not something that's in our program. We just don't, you know, at 2A level, 650 kids and, you know, 60 kids in the varsity program, JV slash varsity program. We, we coach them all. We coach them all. Now, rec league – um, in middle school, that is something that we try to get together, and um, you know, so, you know, once COVID hit, it kind of changed a bunch of stuff. I mean, we have we, we're finally back to normal uh, when it comes to being able to get directly going again and getting and getting um, enough middle school help to help us. And we'll meet and, and go over our scheme and go over all our coverages. But you know, we try to mirror everything, marry it all up. You know, from 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 all levels. But at the same time, I don't want, you know, I guess I'm not just talking DB play. I'm talking everything here. But we don't want them to just do a totally different offense. We want them to do what we do. We want them to do our defense. But I don't want them to be robots either, like I mentioned about the DBs earlier. Let them have some creativity. I mean, you know, they're coaching. Um, but like Coach said, they need to understand the big parts of the defense. Why we're running cover three. Why we're, you know, what are we trying to do when we go – uh, when motion, when they motion to trips from dubs, while we're backing the outside backer up, you know, we want to try to keep that consistent um, throughout the whole program. But no, we don't really have, you know, we're not in that position to have, you know, different teams like that. We we all coach every player, and sometimes, you know, I'll be I'm human. Um, my biggest battle is is at our level. We you know we have offensive period for varsity. And then we may be doing 15 minutes of JV only. And, and it's not as, you know, you, it's not, especially during the season, you, you don't really know what you're going to get the JV time. You don't, you know, you don't know what the other team's going to do because sometimes at our level, JV's going to run a totally different offense than varsity. And you don't really know what it is. Um, and so sometimes your enthusiasm coaching the JV guys is not as, as good as coaching the varsity. So I, what I have to tell myself is these are going to be your guys, Coach, uh, next year you know so you better coach them up in our scheme even if it's not important for this friday you better coach them up so when you get them next year they're prepared 
you can't just give it, you know, you can't just go through the motions during the JV time of practice. That's what I have to tell, you know, I have to remind my coaches of that. Like, these are going to be our dudes in a year. Uh, so we better coach them hard, even though it may not be quite as urgent right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, teach them now because you don't want to reteach it again next year. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point there. Um, yeah, so – we're going to take a, a quick little break. we got one more question left for the Aired Out segment. It'll be a, a fun little segment here. So we'll be right back. All right. So back here, last question. we got one more question in the Aired Out segment. Uh, it's the fun question we've been asking everybody, you know, in the positional episodes. Um, this is DBs. Got two, two good DB coaches here with us. So, uh, Coach Young, you'll go first here. If you could have a free year, you're not a head coach, you, you don't have to coach DBs, what other position would you want to coach? Free year. Well, I, I would say linebackers because I've coached that for multiple years here at Saluda. Um, and I've also coached DBs. So I haven't coached – outside of linebackers. Uh, if I had one year to coach and I could pinpoint it in what I wanted to do. Defensive line would be fun to coach just to kind of get after it and see what – you know what I mean? You know, just really get down there and get uh, – yeah, do some stunts and and, and and all that kind of movement and get after the quarterback. I've always, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a defensive end. I don't know why, um, and I wasn't that type of body. So obviously, I went to DB. But uh, man, I like a, I like D line. Man, that's a, that's a fun group to watch. You know, on, on any level. So yeah, I would probably want to try to D line. Yeah, well, I told Coach Fields I, if if he ever needs me to be his third down defensive ends coach, I'm I'm there. Yes, my, yes, my boss third is right here. Third so. and long. Yeah, so I'll, you you take right first here. and second down. I'll just come coach <laughs> on just third and long though. I just want third. But and just long. the ends, right? You yeah, just take the inside guys. No, I just want Great. The ends. <laughs> okay. I want to pin the ears back and just go. Yeah, like, full like, supplement for you right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good answer. All right, uh, Coach Zero, what about you? Free year, you're not the head coach. You can coach whatever you want. Golf. <laughs> Amen. I, that's golf. that's the right answer yes. right there. <laughs> I would coach because I, I I don't I used to play all the time. I used to coach golf, but I don't ever have time to play anymore, or don't have the time and the money. But at football specific, I would love to. Sh- I don't want to coach nobody on offense because offense sucks. <laughs> but I mean, what's the what's what's the fun in knowing what the play is before the ball snap? That's like opening presents the two days before Christmas. But I would like to shadow an offensive coordinator for a spread team slash RPO team. Because some things they do makes no sense. And I think I swear they do it just to mess with us. Like in doubles, sometimes the inside receiver's on, sometimes he's off. But it, there's no reason for that. It's Amen. Just, it's Amen. just messing with you. Sometimes they get in bunch, but they don't do anything out of it. I want to know why. And then the RPO stuff, and, and, and you know, I, I feel like that word's misused because if you're Absolutely. not reading anything, it's not RPA. Play action. Right? It's play action yeah. pass. But yeah. what they're reading, what they're looking for, because I want to find a way to screw them because they are seriously screwing us with that stuff right now. I, I just give you a little insight into it. I, my favorite thing to, is I call it FTT. I tell my quarterback, find the trigger. If you can find that trigger, man, <laughs> and if he does one thing, we're doing this. If he does this, we're doing that. That's – you know, I mean, obviously it's a little more complex than that in certain situations. But, it, I mean, it, like you said, it, it has changed the game a little bit. It's, it's definitely – again, I don't envy you defensive coaches at all because I've sat in our offensive meetings with Coach Tannehill and even Coach Robin, and it's very minimal compared to what you guys have to do every weekend. So, 
Uh, I, I don't envy that. You, you guys have a lot more to prepare for every week, and it's, it's got to be frustrating at times for sure. Um, yeah, so that's probably going to close out the, the air it out segment. We're going to jump right into the overtime segment. Uh, and if you've been listening with us before, you know, overtime, we kind of turn it over to our guests and let them ask a question or talk about something that they want to talk about. So we'll kind of start with Coach Zare here first. I'm going to open up the floor for you, and you got it. All right, uh, a couple questions. First of all, Coach Young, uh, I mean, you've done some really impressive things as, as a head coach here in Saluda. And I know all about Saluda because I spent 14 years in 96. But to me, the most impressive thing you've done is turn Austin Smith and Chase Duncan into good football coaches. Because I watched them cats grow up, and Bo, you weren't working as much. So what do, what do you do to develop your coaches, your younger coaches? Well, to be honest with you, I, um, I'm not a whole lot. I mean, I just try to establish, uh, I don't know, uh, a relationship with the guys. You know, but I, I'm not a hollerer at the coaches. I don't, I don't, I don't yell at my coaching staff. I don't second guess them. You know, we, we, we'll, all that's for Sunday afternoon meetings. You know, that's when you, you, you air out some grievances, not grievances. I don't want to say that, but you, you know, you, you, that's your arguing time. That's your time when you're, um, you know, both, you know, putting all your opinions out there, that kind of thing. And and then at the end of the day, we're all leaving on the same page and we're, and we're all going to be together. Um, Try to establish good relationships with my with my coaches. Um, we have a really fun time together. Uh, my favorite time is is that Sunday meeting. It's you know even that we start at two o'clock and we go from about two to two thirty. We just shoot the crap. You know we talk football and rag each other, Carolina Clemson, that kind of thing. And that's that's sort of the best time of the week for me during the year. Um, so we just try to build good relationships. I think that's that's the main thing I try to do with my staff is uh, build relationships now in off season you know we we, we go to clinics and, and, that, and that kind of thing Clemson Carolina um, uh, Myrtle Beach clinic coming up um, and, and, and have a coach's retreat um, there, and, and right before spring practice um, you know go you know that kind of stuff just just trying to build some bonds if that makes any sense I mean, we're just trying to get a, get us all on the same page and, and realize that the if we're going to be together this long, we got to like each other, and um, we got to be we got to build relationships to like each other, and that's kind of what I strive to do as a as a head coach. Like I don't want my coaches to not like me. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I got a standard, and we're gonna abide by that standard. But I also hold myself responsible for that too. You know, I'm gonna make sure if, I, if I'm gonna ask y'all to be there 30 minutes early, then I'm gonna be there 30 minutes early. You know, I'm gonna, if, if y'all gonna ride the bus to seven on seven, then I'm gonna be on the bus to seven on seven. You know, I try to hold myself accountable so they'll know that I'm all in as well. I um I, I call word that Coach Duncan might be speaking at the clinic in Myrtle Beach. Uh, just let him know I'll be on the front row and my hand is already up. Yeah, we got a little defensive <laughs> segment. We got a defensive segment at 1 o'clock, I think. I was like, you're uh, speaking too, aren't you, Coach? Yeah, well, I'm going to let him do a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, and that's another thing. <laughs> I've gotten a little bit older. I'm only 39, but I'm getting – Dang. Um, That's I'm old. Not as, I'm not as young as I used to be, and I feel <laughs> physically and mentally, and so I'm starting to delegate a little bit more um, when it comes to that thing. So I, I'm going to let Chase get up there and talk a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's, that and I'm gonna be honest with you guys, that's my favorite clinic of all of them. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a lot it, of fun. The, the summer clinic is about to be obsolete because we're going year-round school at Saluda. Um, I know a lot of t- uh, districts already have, and I, I don't see that thing. Something's gonna have to change because you know we're gonna be in school. I mean, we'll be teaching classes that week. Um, plus, you go to that summer clinic, and don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. I really do, but. You've already got your stuff established. You don't really find anything changing, you know. For you. You're not gonna come in and do a new offense of what you heard in July the 25th. Exactly. Yeah. But February, that's a little different. You, yeah. you could. Yeah. So I enjoy that clinic. So if anybody's listening and haven't gone to that, that, that's a good one. Thank you, sir. Well, Coach Willis. Uh oh. Um, what is being being a? Yeah, you know, I've been at Cane Bay for 15 years now. That's like all I know. What's your impression of Cane Bay football? Uh, dang, you put me on the spot, On the spot, there um, it is. That's why we brought him. I mean, I, like I spoke on earlier, to me, when I think of you guys, and this goes, like, overall, like, team-wise and not just defensively, but I feel like there's organization there. I, I feel like you guys stress the fundamentals. I know that you guys are going to be well-coached, and ever since I've been down here, this is my seventh year, I think, that I just completed down here, I feel like you guys have always been well-coached. Uh and, I mean, it's in a great place. Like, you know, Cane Bay, obviously, it's – you got a, a bunch of houses that are up over there. You got a, a nice little community over there. Um, you got a 1,000 fields over there, I think. I, we got one field at Berkeley, so I've practiced fields. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those places that I feel like it's one of the, you know, better places that you could probably be at in the low country. I mean, you, you talk about some of the schools down here. And, you know, obviously, Somerville's got tradition and – you know, Berkeley has some tradition, and then, you know, Fort D's been good the last 10 years or so, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like Cane Bay is one of those schools that has that potential as well. Uh, you know, that's just that's just for me. That's an outsider looking in. I mean, I know Coach Fields obviously went there, was part of the first class there, so he and I have talked about it, you know, things like that. But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of places – uh, you know, I love being at Berkeley, but, you know, there's there's a hand, you know, full of places that I would love to, you know, go be at in the low country. And, and Cane Bay is definitely on the short list of one of those places. I feel like you guys have a chance to, you know, have a really good program. And, you know, again, like I said, when we've played against you guys, even when Coach Robinson was here, you know, I felt like you guys were always well coached and we knew we were going to have to go out and execute. And, again, we're going to have to probably do some things that, like, you guys, if we were good at the pass – I feel like you guys were going to try real hard to take that away, and we got to run the football that week. So, again, and you mentioned earlier, like try to find what they do best and let's try to make them do something else. Right. And I felt like that, you know, especially the last couple of years when Coach Robinson was here. So that's kind of my outsider p- perspective as far as that goes. And Coach Young, just so you know, he's only saying that because I'm sitting in the room with <laughs> him. All right, Coach, <laughs> Coach Fields, uh, answer this question. Is, uh, is, yes, sir, boss. Is G-Rap the same thing as Power? Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, funny you say that. Our guy, Ben Beck, that comes up with this power stuff, one-back power, he sent us a screenshot of – was it a college guy, Cam? Or, I don't know. I think it was some I random guy. It was knows? like very – and we're not hating on this coach, but, of course, he had one-back power is what he called it. And it's freaking G-Rap, all right? The guard <laughs> is literally rapping. Okay. Linebacker trap. I we call it linebacker trap here at Cane Bay, and I'm rolling with the terminology here. It is not freaking power. There is nobody kicking out nobody. Coach He's Young, inserting. You, you probably call it dark because that's what we called it back at Union. 
Yeah, I would call that dark. Yeah, yeah. it's dark. <laughs> it's linebacker <laughs> trap. It's G-Rap. It's insert. I've even heard it called ISO because it is. It's insert. It's not freaking down, down kick, man. Golly. Uh, Coach Field. Get me started, Coach Zare. Get me freaking started on that. All right, Co- Coach Zare is done. That. So, Coach Young, do you have anything for the overtime yeah, segment? you want to ask somebody anything? I got two questions, and okay. one's for you and one for Coach uh, – is for Coach there. Okay. All right, Coach, one thing that's been eating at me all night while we're um, listening um, to this is your level – and I've said that word level, I feel like, a hundred times. But your level and our level, and you've been at this level, you've been at that level, uh, 2A and 5A. All right, what's the biggest difference, you know, and, and, and which one did you find more – enjoyable i know you weren't you know not a head coach at 2a but um you give me just give me a little insight on you know because i've never been anywhere but saluda as i told you when i first started this uh podcast you know what's the what's the biggest differences or you well know, at, uh, i was here when came bay opened so we started at 2a and then went to to 3a and then went to 4a then went to 5a and, and so you know i've kind of experienced all that and I, you know i was 1a 2a ball at 96 and the, the biggest difference to me and, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about um, there's some games that you can out coach people uh, you know you can notice things that they do and you can take advantage of that and you can kind of scheme a win um, and and we used to be able to do that in 2a and 3a you can't do that in 5a uh, you don't out coach people they you either got players that can play or you don't. I, I, I'm serious. Coaches don't win games. Uh, players do. So, I mean, you can, you can do your best to take away their weapons. Um, but, you know, you're not going to catch guys with their pants down in 5A. It's especially, in, you know, in, in the, the low country is about all I know about. But there are some really, really good coaches down here that do some really good stuff. Um, Stratford this past year, I mean, their record didn't turn out well, but they were a really good football team. And they came out and did something completely different against us than they've done the entire year, offense and defense. They ran a completely different offense um, and executed it extremely well. And, you know, if if we had been, if we hadn't taught our kids how to, you know, be football players, uh, there's there's no way uh, that we would have won won that game. But you know the coaching on the 5A level, I think is you know I ain't taking away anything from from anybody on lower levels because I've been there and I don't think I'm any better coach now than I was then. Uh, but you you don't run across those guys that that aren't necessarily prepared. Um, you know the thing I miss the most is that small town feel. I mean, all the stadiums here are big. Sometimes they're full, sometimes they're not. Most of them have tracks around them, so they're they're far off. Far off. Um, I remember 96 having 2,000 people there, but it was packed. And I mean, you know, they get up screaming and hollering, and they're, they're six feet behind you. Uh, and the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and it just feels like, um, you know, a football atmosphere. And I, I miss that a lot. Plus, y'all have great stadiums in upstate. I mean, Batesburg, Leesville is one of my favorite places to play. Newberry is awesome. Abbeville, I freaking hate. Uh, <laughs> but that's just because we only beat them one time there in 14 years, I think. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I miss that hometown feel. And, and you, we, where we are, I mean, there's, there's five, five A high schools 
within 20 minutes of each other where we are. And so, you know, people are kind of transient. They change the lines all the time. You know, we change um, classifications or regions. And so you don't have that true rival. So you don't, you don't have the Saluda 96? No, no, I, yeah. because, you know, half the kids came from there uh, two years ago. And so you don't yeah. really have that team that you just absolutely, well, I have teams I absolutely hate. But <laughs> as far as our school is, there's not that true rival that, you know, this is the team that we got to beat. And part of that comes from, you know, we've only been around for 15 years, which sounds like a long time. But when you're talking about rivalries, um, it's not. But I, I really do miss that kind of hometown you know, uh, people putting blankets out at two o'clock on Friday afternoon to save their seat on Friday night, that kind of stuff. Yep. All right, Cam, I got one for you. Upstate versus lower state, what's the difference? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can answer this on, on this. Come on now, this is all about being real. Listen, do okay, it, Coach so Willis, do it. Here's the deal, like, and what we're, like, even what Coach Zaire's kind of talking about, in Berkeley County, we have we said nine high schools, right? There are nine high schools in Berkeley in Berkeley County School District. Whereas you compare that to Spartanburg, where I think there's seven school districts, but each district is only one high school. So, like Spartanburg District One only has to worry about whoever that high school is, and Spartanburg District Two, like in Berkeley County, the whole county has to worry about nine different high schools. So I just I feel like the resources down here are, are not anywhere compared to what it is, you know, even Midlands and on up. Like it's just I, the school districts are so big and it's, you know, it's spread out everywhere. I just, I just don't feel like, you know, like, for example, if, if Kane Bay were to say, all right, well, we want a new weight room. Well, then there's eight other high schools in the school district. They're going to say, well, we deserve a new weight room, too. So I, to me, that's just the biggest thing. I don't think that it's I think that the players are. are just as good, if not better, than in the upstate. I think the coaches are, are just as good, if not better, in the, in the low country as compared to the upstate. But, like, you know, we, we've talked to some people, we won't say names, but there are staffs in the upstate that have 25 paid coaches on their staff. And, you know, I, I've been a part of an offensive staff that had three coaches on it, yeah. you know, a couple of times here at Berkeley. Like, yeah. we've had three people coaching the entire offense at Berkeley High School. That's where – you know, you talk about some of those bigger schools up in the upstate, you know, they got a position coach for every position, every single position, sometimes two. So, to me, it, that's that's kind of the biggest thing. You know, the school districts up there can kind of, you know, focus on one school district, so that's their main concern. Down here, it, it's a lot different because we're so spread out. You know, nine high schools throughout the whole low country or the, the Berkeley County area down here, it, it's such a wide – I guess variety and, and, and different types of schools that you have to focus on and everyone's not going to get the nice stuff because you can't you, if you give it to one you got to give it to everybody else if that kind of makes sense i kind of oh yeah I, it was kind of me beating you know around the bush a little bit but kind of going into my philosophy there so that that's kind of where i stand i could probably go into it a little bit more but probably don't need to but you know <laughs> right, that, that, that's kind of my easy answer i guess you could say gotcha yeah so Anything else, you guys? That's that's kind of the overtime segment. Coach Zaire, you got anything else? Like I got one more thing. Okay. And it's not a question for any of y'all, but it's okay. just a, kind of a question for your listeners because I know this is kind of targeted towards young coaches and a lot of the people that are listening are going to be head coaches one day. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to a football podcast yep. on Wednesday night. Um, but one of the things that you need to, to 
I guess, decide before you ever get put in that position is, is what kind of head coach are you going to be? Because uh, to me, there's three times of, types of coaches. There's a, a coach that just cares about winning, win at all costs. So they're going to jump schools to try to go where the best athletes are. Uh, they're going to be one of those guys that don't worry about character. Uh, there's going to be one of those guys that recruits people from other schools and they're just going to worry about winning. And those are the kind of guys that are in it for themselves. Uh, then the second kind is the one that's looking for a paycheck. Uh, they're going to get the paycheck and want to say, hey, I've got my job. And they're, they're going to be there when they have to be. Uh, and then you've got guys that are program builders. And, and it's easy to say that's the kind of coach I am because when I'm saying it this way, I mean, everybody feels like that's the kind of coach they're going to be. But what you need to understand, with that comes hard decisions. Uh, are you willing to lose a game because a kid does the wrong thing and you got to sit are you willing to sit your best running back when you're playing for region championship because he screwed up, he violated team rules? And it's easy to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, if he gets suspended or something, we'll sit him. What if he misses practice? Yep. What if he's late? What if he mouths off? I mean, are you willing to teach the, the hard lessons even though it's going to cost you um, a region championship, a state championship? Because those are the kind of decisions that you're going to be forced to make at any level with any school and, and and you know there's there's so much that goes into that because you know I, I, we had signed a day today and we had five guys signed which is great it's great for Kane Bay great for those kids but the purpose of high school football isn't to put kids into college the purpose of high school football is to teach kids how the world should be because they're not getting that uh, they're not getting that from anybody ROTC in high school football is going to be what saves America because that's the only thing that's teaching kids how to live. So, you know, you're, you're saying, okay, if I'm going to teach these kids responsibility, if I'm going to teach these kids how to be good parents, how to be good husbands, um, i got to teach life lessons. And sometimes those yeah. life lessons hurt. And they don't just hurt that kid. They hurt you and your career and the other 30, 50, 60 kids on that team. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're not willing to do that, then that's something that, that – you know, there's going to be consequences. Uh, so, you know, as y'all are listening to these things and going through that, uh, those are the kind of decisions that, that high school coaches have to make. And, and you know, I, I can give you my opinion, but to be honest with you, I, I think we're doing kids a disservice when we allow them to do what they want as opposed to what's best for the football team, the program, and the community. And, and those are the kind of hard decisions that you got to make one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right, Coach. And, you know, again, you know, kind of close it out. We're doing this, obviously, because we want to help people, obviously. Um, you know, if there are people that want to be coaches, you know, we're hoping you listen to this stuff and take something from it. So that's probably a good, uh, a good way to kind of close that little overtime segment out. So, um, uh, again, before we leave, you know, before you guys get off of here, again, we want to say thanks. You know, obviously, Coach Zare made the trip over here, left uh, signing day, came over here to Fort Willis. Low country guys are on notice. He yeah. came in person. In person. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be Zoom all the time, guys. If you live 10 minutes away, you can come over here. It's fine. But, yeah, so. Can, can I say one more thing to go piggyback ahead. off of you? Real Absolutely. Real go ahead, Coach. And, and this is something um, – well, I mean, I got to get off because my wife's going to be mad. And that's probably the big hey, – and I'm going to be honest with you, the biggest piece of information to these young coaches I can tell them 
happy wife is a happy life. There you go. Amen, brother. If I, don't, if I don't get in here in the next couple of minutes, she's not going to be happy. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure I've got to do something. Uh, but anyway, um, speaking of happiness, and this is what I tell people, you can't put a price on that. You know, Coach was talking about making money, and, and I get it, and winning. You can't put a price on happiness. And I'm in, I, like, from my uh, you know, personal experience right now, I'm a very happy coach. And um, I don't, you know, this is, I'm just happy. And, and, and I don't want to go to a place just to try to win and be miserable um, or make money and then lose and, and be miserable. Uh, so one thing I always tell kid, uh, young coaches is, can't put a price on happiness. You know, you, you got to be happy because you only live one time and you don't want to live miserable because money ain't, doesn't matter. But the memories and the, the, the happy times and, and things like that is what really matters, you know? Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And I know we'll let you get off here, but we appreciate you taking some time out, man, to come and, and drop some knowledge on us. Uh, anytime you can get on and talk, I'm, I'm going to listen because I know, you know, obviously grew up in the same town and I know kind of what you're about. And I appreciate you taking time to, to come on here and share with us, man. Man, I really appreciate it. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it, it, it was uh, it was fun, man. I, and, and if you ever need anything, let me know, man. Yep. I'll see you. You coming down in February? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll come see you. All right, I'll see you down there, bud. All right, coach. We'll talk to you. Sounds good. All right, see you. All right, coach. Bye. Yeah, so that was Coach Young. Obviously, again, he did. He was sitting in his. For people who don't know, he I think he was probably like sitting in his truck watching his kid at baseball practice, and then. You know, had to take him home and then probably wife's, you know, wanting him to come inside. So, again, these guys are taking out time of their own personal time to come and, and, and share some stuff with us. So, again, we appreciate it, Coach Zare. We appreciate it. Coach Fields, anything before we close this thing out? No, you just You got glad. your boss sitting right here, so you got – I know. I can't, can't say anything. <laughs> can I – Can I? do I get to keep – can I keep yeah, talking? Yeah, come on, yeah, Coach. Young come coaches. On, coach. Let's go. Here's your list. CDL. No, yeah, absolutely. Get your freaking CDL. Yep. Uh, number two, get your master's as soon as you can get your master's. Yes. Yep. Because for places like Berkeley County, head coaches make good money, assistants don't make crap. Yep. They, ain't been, they ain't had a race since I've been here for 16 years. <laughs> but if you're one of those guys that gets days, yeah. that, that, that master's, get your plus 30. Adds up. Uh, do whatever you can because that adds up. Yep. And the biggest thing, join the South Carolina Football Coaches Association. A lot of people don't realize, you know, the school signs you up for the Athletic Coaches Association, that yep. auxiliary position at Football Coaches Association. They do a lot of good things. They do a lot of work, good work to promote coaches, and uh, we need more members. So you young guys, y'all need to jump in that and, and, and start taking charge in that program. But, but guys, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate oh, you having me, man. I love talking ball. Yeah, I'll come back any time. Absolutely. I mean, you know, as long as Coach Fields will allow you, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, I am kind of <laughs> in his domain right now. <laughs> Shoot, we're in Fort Willis, bro. We're in Fort Willis I mean, right it, now. It's been a good time, obviously. Uh, you know, I appreciate you taking some time. Obviously, you could be doing a thousand other things, so – you know, uh, anytime you can come and share, obviously we'll, we'll welcome you anytime, right, Coach? Next Fields? time we come back with we'll a place of cornhole. There you go. I'm all oh, about. Oh, that's something they've never been even. used. So. Coach Zare is a don't don't play cornhole with him. Uh -oh. Okay, just don't do it. Uh, so I so saw Coach it. Davis and I don't need to challenge him. Hell no, <laughs> don't do it. He's gonna try to sucker you in now, Coach Davis. You hear that? Don't don't take the bait. We're he, not gonna challenge. Yeah, he's Coach gonna Zare. play himself down. But this dude right here to my right, don't. <laughs> Don't even try it. Don't try it. The, the man plays in cornhole tournaments oh, probably yeah. across the southeast. We probably don't even know about his big-time tournaments He's yet. probably got like a, a, 
a name, like a, a yeah. secret superhero name <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, he's on ESPN the Ocho, okay? <laughs> but yeah. on, on a serious note, it's awesome to have somebody uh, superior on here and somebody who, I mean, what you guys just heard, those three types of head coaches, I mean, he lives what he talks about, okay? Uh, this is a guy, this is my fourth head coach I work for and somebody that I deeply respect and just glad he could come on and drop some knowledge for us tonight. It means a lot. And, guys, I, I spent 20 years as an assistant, and every one of those 20 years made me better head coach. Every year you're learning either what to do or what not to do, and both of those pay off. So don't be in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, don't take a bad job just because you want that title. I mean, because there's a lot – that goes into it. I enjoy being a head coach on Friday night. The rest of the time, it sucks. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, there's like family and all that kind of stuff. There's some places that, you know, uh, you don't necessarily want to go. Yeah. If you're listening, you know, again, if you just take one thing, you, that's probably one of the best things you can take right there, obviously, what Coach just finished with. So, uh, again, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing. You know, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to finish up our positional episode. we got a couple more positions left next couple of weeks and then we'll kind of transition into some other things but i guess we'll go ahead and close this db segment out again we appreciate these guys coming on coach fields uh g rap isn't power g rap is not power and we are ending on that see you later <laughs>